What's up, everybody? This is Lee Juasso, and you are tuned into the Blurred View. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. minutes couple minutes but yeah man like what grade are you in i'm in 12th i'm finna be out of here oh shit he about to be grown yes. now yes he about oh, to be grown I'm now 18, bro yeah bro i'm 18 finna get my driver's license the website is popping so i ain't never had a job and the commission is rolling into so that's just free bread i ain't gotta pay no rent I ain't got to pay for no groceries. I just got my bread stacking at the moment. I'm teaching myself to stock. That's what's up. The weed, is go the weed money is so crazy, bro. Like, yo, okay. I made 600 bucks <laughs> off weed. That's not even in my country. Wait, 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 wait. Is that yeah. legal tender? Yes, it's legal tender. Okay, I was like, don't say nothing. You're alive. Like, don't. I have to stop the live and delete it. Like, what do you? I was like, oh, my God. This is not what I'm promoting. <laughs> oh, no. Nah, nah, nerds don't trap, bro. The last nerd to drop trap was 2 chains, and it didn't go too well for him. Easy e did it, too, but he got out that game quick, bro. so it's okay. Okay, as long as it's legal. I was like, this man talking about, oh, like, he about to, oh, no. I was scared. Like, he about to expose all of us out here in these streets. Nah, man. Uh, nah. I mean, worst case scenario, if I get caught trapping, I speak Spanish, I'll be good. Bro, what? You see what happened to 21 Savage? Man, you watch yourself. They'll be like, hey, you black person that talk funny. Deportation. Like, damn, muff. I said, I said no hablo inglés. Like, how does that sound like? Man, this man talking about weed money scared me. I thought I had to delete the live, shut it down. Like, oh, no. As long as it's, uh, as long as it's legal, tender. Yeah. No, it's straight stuff. Like, I can, yeah, basically, like, can, um, the canon, the Canadian, the Canadian cannabis industry hit a um, high point like last year, where basically all the weed became legal in Canada. When that happened, all the stock prices basically doubled. So I had a stock that was worth thirty-five bucks, and I had twelve of them, and it shot up to like sixty, and so I effectively doubled all my bread. Oh, bad, bad, bad. Yeah, we about to learn yeah. a lot from you, kid. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just gonna give it like another five minutes, and then we gonna get rolling. All right. Let me tell people. Let me. Let me. Uh. Yeah, like we gonna get into it, like, cause I feel like you got a lot to teach. You know what I'm saying? They say you can learn from the youth, as it were. Okay. <laughs> boom, chicka chicka, boom boom, ba boom boom. I mean, I stole all my gems from Charlemagne and Gary V, and they're both way older than me. So I don't bro, think Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God is the man, bro. Yeah. Did you read his um his any of his books yet? Nah, I'm too lazy. Niggas don't read, bro. You know that. <laughs> you know niggas don't Charlie read. Charlamagne hit a million in sales. I'm going to read it. Bro, nah, nah, nah. I, I, I'm going to pick up his books over the summer. Like, once I don't have to read textbooks, that's when I'm going to pick up yeah. his books. You know, Char <laughs> I like, I modeled the blurred view off the Breakfast Club, minus, like, Donkey Today and Rumor Report. Because, I mean, really, yeah. no much happened in our community that is worth all of that effort. But I modeled uh, this very enterprise off of the breakfast club shout out to charlamagne the god who will probably never see this but i love charlamagne <laughs> i love charlamagne watch charlamagne is team marvel all you gotta do is get the if you get the marvel heads on you as much as you got the anime heads you're gonna be good man look i 
Man, oh, like, well, I'm gonna get it. Well, see, that's the thing, man. I'm a DC person, as you can see by the background. So I can't retrain my squad for no light. Yeah. Like, you know, that's not that's not true to self. You know what I'm saying? So. Can you imagine how fire of an art if you had a fantastic Frankie Lovell debate with Charlemagne about if DC or Marvel was better? Man, because you did it with Lamb Party. Oh uh, yeah, me me and Charlemagne would have to fight. That'd be the one day I, I lose <laughs> all matter of respect. Uh, <laughs> Land Party tried to come for me, but Land Party no Land Party no better than to try me. Fan, Fantastic Frankie, look, look, hold on. Matter of fact, I'm gonna put this on Instagram. I'm gonna put this on Instagram. I'm gonna say it on. I'm gonna say it on the gram. Make it official. <laughs> Make, let me let me let me put the camera on you. Okay, look, Land Party no better than to come for me. Land Party no they ain't got no ground to stand on when it comes to DC vs Marvel. Uh, Carnese no better than to come after me when it comes to anime versus DC comics because he ain't got no ground yeah. to stand on. And Fantastic Frankie knows she no better than to come at me sideways about any bullshit because she knows she'll get <laughs> shut the fuck down. Shout out to the squad <laughs> and uh, their attempt. But I'm Thanos. <laughs> when it comes to the comic book facts, bro, I'm Thanos in this motherfucker. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's two snaps, <laughs> two snaps and a twist and these niggas is gone, bro. Gone. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, that's facts, bro. That's absolute wow. facts. They gonna come for okay. me. They gonna come for me. I'm like, oh, word? That's how you feel? Like, <laughs> run now. Run the fade. Yo, Frankie came after me this morning, bro. I was on the bus to school and Frankie was going hard on me. <laughs> on the bus? How you get harassed by an old lady off from a distance? Bro, from a distance on the bus? Man, don't yes. let don't let these people don't let these people come for you, bro. You you call me, <laughs> you call me when they come for you. What's up? What's up, everybody? Okay, so we got people coming in here, and we are about to get started. Shout out to Dante Griffin, author of Crimson Despair. Y'all need to check that shit out. It is dope. Matter of fact, I need to get him back on the show. Fan fiction author. Shit. Matter of fact, Griffin, maybe you could hook up with um Lee Giasso because he does he does art and comics. So. Uh, Karina, what's good? Always love to see Karina in the building. All right, so now that uh, now that I've sent word out that we're live and people are gonna be trickling in, and I done took ungodly shots at Fantastic Frankie Cardizzi and Lamb Party, <laughs> <laughs> we can get this. And they gonna pop up like, oh, I heard you was, I heard you was talking shit. I know Frankie saw that shit. Frankie about to go put on some red lipstick and call me. <laughs> But we about to get started. So what's up, everybody? It's your boy Jonathan D'Angelo, aka Johnny D, and we are back on our bullshit. You are tuned into the Blur View, and we have special guest Lee Giasso, artist, businessman, entrepreneur, fashion designer, high school student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and modern day samurai in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, in the motherfucking building, Lee Giasso, you are the first episode in two months. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for bringing us back today. Today, we are going to talk about black business and art and its significance and i i appreciate you wanting to come on the show I, first of all thank you for listening to the show thank you for listening to the show i appreciate that second of all thank you for fucking with us i know me and you've been trying to do some uh some behind the scenes things it's been difficult you know what i'm saying it's like old, pe <laughs> old people are not organized and you know but but thank you for coming on the show you know what i'm saying and speaking on black business you know like um it's a very important venture 
for our culture. You know, as an artist, you help shape and move not just nerd culture, but culture in general. You know, your your art in fashion and and your art on with the pen and the pad, it really moves. You know, black culture. And you know, since everybody wants to steal from us, it moves them too. But you know, what I'm saying <laughs> your significance here, you know, what I'm saying is it, it, within black culture alone. You know, is 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 very foundational. And you know, I I respect and appreciate that for somebody who's only a senior in high school. The moves you're trying to make, you know, what I mean, like that's lit. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Mic'd out for a second. I freaked out. Um, oh. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, artists. So it art is the biggest thing that we have um in the culture, and it it's the it's the blood that allows the rest of the culture to flow. If you don't have a logo, if you don't have a Wu Tang logo, it's not as impactful when you first see that CD or that first mixtape cover. If you don't have art behind your comic book, then you just have a regular novel, which is cool. But if you don't have a cover to the novel, it might be some people that don't pick up your book ever. If you don't have a graphic designer, they're not going to be sure what the words look like and how the words entice the person that's viewing the book. So you're getting all of this, and all of this is art, which is like a really, really beautiful thing. So yeah, thank you. Um, it's not that the artist doesn't get a lot of credit, but oftentimes the artist doesn't get a lot of the support that comes after the art that they do. So like there's an amazing artist, Nicholas Dropper, or Dropper, a lot of people call him Nick Dropper. Um, he made this comic called Exogenesis, which is a comic for Noir Caesar, which is crazy. Learn that it wasn't Noir Caesar, it's Noir Caesar, which is weird, but that's how they choose to say it. Um, he's an artist for a comic called Exogenesis, and by reading it, you get to not only support black business, but you also get to watch this dude evolve as an artist, digitally and traditionally. Um, and how his layups change, how his settings change, how he gets better at playing with characters, how he uses the fact that he's already a good artist in order to put artists, uh, to put his characters in and out of frame by choosing how much detail to put in the drawing, which from an artist's perspective and even the perspective of someone who's a creative person or someone who has good attention to detail is freaking insane. So you got to watch him level up on this comic that he worked on from a black-owned comic company, and then he goes and he makes the Black Panther soundtrack album cover. Hmm. I didn't know that's what, I didn't yeah. know that was him. Yes, it was him. It's crazy. That's dope. Okay. So yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And that look, that that soundtrack came out on my birthday. That's my life soundtrack, first off. <laughs> uh, that, shit, that whole that movie and the album dropped on my birthday. That's life. You know, I also didn't know that about um Noir Cesar. Did you say Noir Cesar, right? Is that what you said? Is that how you say yeah. it? Let's say it yeah. right now. Yeah. I gotta I gotta <laughs> you know I gotta pop in on BGA and uh check her now, right? It's like, hey, Lee Johnson nigga <laughs> saying it right. Hey, say it right. Say it right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Got to roll up on my uh, roll up on BGA. You know what I'm saying? Put 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 some respect on that name. But no, I you know I I, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. You know. Um, so let's hit let's hit the basics. Let's hit the basics. I see you're ecstatic. I love the energy. We gonna keep that thing going. Shout out to Fantastic Frankie. Got out of bed <laughs> for this interview. <laughs> Got out of bed for this interview. She said, if my body don't stay on, it's on It's on me. That's, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? As long as the red lipstick don't come out, I have a fighting chance. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? She lose even with the red lipstick, but I definitely have a chance if she don't put it on. So we're going to get right into it. So, so, so 12th grade, you about 18 years old, right? What got you into nerd culture? Because you came in the game late. You know what I'm saying? Old heads like me, hip-hop and anime vibes, you know what I'm saying? We we, we came in on uh, we came in on that old-school tip, you know what I'm saying? But you barely caught Toonami, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> like, barely, you know? Like, so so what got you into being a nerd? What, what, was, your, what was your jump? Um, so, I'm 
Facts, bro. I was born into it, really. Um, like, yeah, I was born into it, bro. My dad is like a super Marvel nerd. I like the first. I learned how to read by reading Spider Man, and so literally from the age of like one to the age of seven, everything in my house was Spider Man. That I would draw Spider Man on the walls. I used to call myself Peter. I wanted glasses just because Peter Parker had glasses, and I had like maybe two hundred issues of Spider Man in my closet, which is why even now I have like maybe 500 Spider-Man comics right now. Wow. Um, yeah, like, the reason I do martial arts right now is because Spider-Man inspired me. And then the Tobey Maguire movies came out when I was, like, three. And then between that and Drumline, I was just set, bro. Three? <laughs> three? I don't know how old I was, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make four, four sentences yet. Three? I still had an accent. Wow. <laughs> three. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man came out when I was a teenager. Three? Damn. Wow. I was old enough to watch that movie by myself. You were still drinking breast milk. God damn. Oh, man. So I'm like, the, I mean, I remember having it on DVD. It wasn't on VHS, so it's not that old. So it might have been like 2005 or 2006. Spider-Man 2 is still one of my favorite movies ever. It's like The Lion King. Spider-Man 2, and then Tangled are, like, my favorite movies ever. Tangled? Um, From Disney? Tangled. From Disney? Tangled is fire, but what? It wasn't bad. It was aight. It was aight. Yo, Rapunzel is the greatest Disney prince. Actually, no, I changed that. Have you seen Wreck-It Ralph 2 by any chance? Of course I've seen Wreck-It Ralph 2. Would you say Vanellope is not the greatest Disney princess ever? I give it to you. I give it to you. I I, 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 I give you that. I mm. <laughs> yeah. She's a Yeah. Yeah. I get Cause that. all all the new Disney princesses are just superheroes. Like Tangled is basically Iceman at this point. She's an um Elsa is an Omega level mutant. Moana is a waterbender and um Vanellope is a mutant. Did you just compare Disney to Disney? Is that what <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around that like wait a minute. <laughs> All right, I give you that. I give you that. All right, yes. he's creative, ladies and gentlemen. We'll let him. We'll let him fly. He's creative. He he compared Tangle to an Omega Rapunzel to an Omega level. Me, I mean, I get. She'd be more like. Wouldn't she be more like what's her name? Banshee from um the Inhumans. No, Elsa. Elsa is an Omega level. Oh, Elsa's Omega level. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh no, she was smoked by me, Drake. I mean, I mean, let's 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 be reasonable though. I mean, Elsa's not as good as. Sora from Kingdom Hearts. That's still Disney, so I, mean, I don't know. So Elsa's no G. Elsa's. You've never played Kingdom. <laughs> Hold on, you've never played Kingdom Hearts. Never nah. played. <laughs> Where were you born? Nah. Where were you born? Where were you born? Where you I born? was born two thousand. I was poor for a grip, and then I got a DS when I was like seven, and I was playing like mad JRPGs. Bro, when Kingdom Hearts one came out, you weren't even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't even born yet. <laughs> Ashley said your dad graduated with her. Wait, for real? That's, that's what's wait. How old is your dad? My dad went to Morehouse. Yeah, I say wait. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, my dad went to Morehouse, yo. Yeah, like, what you mean? Nah, yeah, Ashley. No, wait, is it Ashley Kane? No, she bad. She bad cosplay. I was like, wait, what? She bad is in the huh? building. Hey, oh, beautiful. Yo, she bad. What's up? <laughs> Um, but, yeah, my dad went to Morehouse. I mean, he might have been, like, in that Atlanta college region in the era, but, she, like... Yo, she bad from D.C. She from D.C. 
<laughs> she bad for me. <laughs> so okay, so Spider Man, your dad and Spider Man got you into being a nerd, and even though you were too young to even enjoy any real Spider Man, um, you know, <laughs> or Kingdom Hearts for that matter. You know, so so what got you into drawing? Was it the comic books that got you into drawing? Um, yeah, my uncle, like, really, like, my uncle was really big on image comics, you know, so when I was, like, coming up, like, when I was, like, two and three and stuff, he got me into drawing, he showed me a gum eraser, I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's legit, like, it's gum and you mold it, but if you put it on the pencil, it's an eraser, and that freaking blew my mind, so when I saw that, I realized that you could use different tools to make certain types of art, and from, like, legit first grade to now, I draw, like, every day and start making my own characters and stories and stuff, um, and by the age of six i made like three comic books which were basically like x-men they were horrible x-men fan fiction where franklin richards killed wolverine and then him and nightcrawler ended up in heaven and so they had to keep going down to earth into hell to fight people mm. like that was my six-year-old brain at the time um but eventually i went from drawing on the walls to in second grade being paid to make art for eighth graders and when i saw that i could make money off of it then i was like i, I think i do want to do this for a grip so then, um, in third grade, I was making my own Pokemon cards and giving those to people and making them Pokemon based on them. And then I moved to a whole bunch of different schools. I ended up in Philly. Um, I started selling candy because people weren't buying art, but they were buying candy. And my school actually, like, put me in detention for selling candy because I made too much money. And I was like, kids were, like, getting in trouble for bringing a whole bunch of bread to school. Um, and then seventh grade, I became the manager of the art table. So like, we would have biddings at, in seventh grade, we would have biddings and I'd be like, yo, is this one for 20 bucks? This one for 15. And we were, I had just gotten into anime in seventh grade. So I was drawing things that I shouldn't have been drawing and people liked that. And so they were willing to pay me money for that. Um, you know that that hasn't changed now. <laughs> <laughs> my man was hustling hentai at the lunch table <laughs> hustling hentai at the lunch table what do you mean it's seventh grade boy barely easy bread. boy People barely knew bread. how to we barely knew how to bust a nut and you hustling hentai like what are we doing right now i just thought it was art at the time i didn't know oh, okay. what it was till i was in eighth grade oh, like, oh okay yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the. Oh, you want? Oh, you want her to have boobs? I don't know what boobs are, but I'm gonna draw these big ass circles though. Whatever. Get out of here with that shit. We ain't phased by that. Shit. I found out what hentai was on accident because I was watching. Um, I watched Heaven's Lost Property was my first anime, which mm-hmm. is basically about like genie maids from outer space and it's like mad existential and there's fighting scenes and stuff but it's hilarious and there's boobs so i loved it <laughs> and then, and then I, I finished it and i was like dang i'm stuck i need more anime like this and so i googled heaven's lost anime manga like heaven's lost property and i found freaking two love group which is basically hentai and then i finished all the two love Rue episodes and somebody said there was like a two love Rue triple x and i didn't i thought that was like an anime name because like right. dragon ball is the z exactly and so i clicked it i was being sarcastic so so hentai has fueled this man's career uh that's basically that's, the hentai has fueled this child's career is basically what we're saying like god forbid his mom go through his browser history right now ladies and gentlemen we'd have to shut this slide down the ass whooping would be immense you know, I, I, I hope 
hope she can't hear this because she probably like this motherfucker selling porn <laughs> in my house. <laughs> nah, man. But I mean, yo, you know, I um, see, that's the thing. Like my first anime, I'm me and me and D Town, aka Hip Hop and Anime Vibes, we vibed off that. Our, our first anime were Dragon Ball when it was on Sci Fi. Um, uh, what else? Ronin Warriors, um, Gundam. Um, Outlaw Star, Cowboy Bebop, like the old school stuff. Like I remember when um Voltron, um the yeah. OG Voltron, the OG um Thundercats, um yeah, like I'm old, bro. Hey, I'm old in these. That's streets. what's up. That's what's up. Cause I grew up on all cartoons. Like when we were poor, we used to have like VHS tapes, and so we'd have like a whole bunch of Thundercats and Brave Star and Flintstones and Tommy Jerry episodes. Wait, wait, wait. When it was like it would be the VHS tape, but it would really just be a bootleg recording of whatever was on the channel at the time. But so that's what we would, we would watch like He Man and stuff like. Constantly. I, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Look, let me yeah. um. Let me let me interrupt you for just one second. I hear what you're saying, <laughs> yeah. but you do realize that VHSs were in circulation until 2008, right? Well, yeah, but all the good TV that was on the bootlegs wasn't. I mean, that was on the VHSs wasn't. You know, I was on D- that. We used to just put in blank VHSs and record TV shows. That's not that's not broke. That was what we did in the 90s. You weren't working off broke technology. You were working off old technology. Like, you you coming for us. I feel I feel attacked right now. Blurred his friend like he ain't grew up on Sailor Moon. Fantastic Frankie, I did grow up on Sailor Moon, but I only, I only watched Sailor Moon because Toonami was like, I'm going to put Sailor Moon on first before any other anime, and that was before DVR. You could fast forward it, set reminders. So I had to watch Sailor Moon in order to get to every other anime. And so I had to sit through Moon Prism Power and Tuxedo Mask throwing roses and not doing shit. You know what I mean? And Sailor Moon getting her ass kicked until Tuxedo Mask threw a rose to distract the enemy long enough for her to realize she was getting her ass kicked. You know what I mean? And it was like, like, can I please get to Roroni Kenshin? Can we please see Dragon Ball? Like, you know I wish Roroni Kenshin came on because, like, I caught the tail end of Toonami. So, like, we used to stay up to like twelve o'clock. Like, every now and again, I'd go to my friend's brother's house, and like, we'd stay up to like twelve o'clock. And occasionally, we'd catch like a couple episodes in Naruto, or I'd wake up dumb early before school, and Inuyasha would be on. But otherwise, I didn't really like get a lot of anime. So, like, right now, I'm going back, or like in ninth grade, even I started going back and watching the classics, quote unquote. Quote unquote. Like, quote. Yeah, quote unquote. You know, yeah. quote. Because yeah, because you got the you got the generation that's even older than you that'll say that if you haven't watched like uh, the Battle of the Galactic Heroes, then you're not a real anime fan. Oh yeah, or true. Saint Yeah, you got true. young people. I mean, the OGs. they not they not too much <laughs> older than me though, because I was watching the same <laughs> shit. No, it's like, but but no, I feel what you're talking about. Like, but see, I caught Tsunami after school. That's how old I am. Where it came on after school, yeah. like you caught Tsunami at night. Like we two different generations. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, I mean, you cool, yeah. but I was cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Gen One Pokemon. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, you, you know, I caught the Pokey rap. You wasn't about that life. You was two generations deep by then. You know what oh. I'm saying? I heard it. I just don't remember it, too. Pokemon used to be on Boomerang. I used to stay up dumb late wow. watching Boomerang. Yeah, it used, it used to be Pokemon and Voltron on Boomerang, and so I would watch those. I'd stay up dumb late and watch those at night when I was, like, eight. Let the record show, this man did not see Pokemon on Kids WB, nor does he know what it is. R.I.P. I mean, to the classics. 
R.I.P. Kids WB. I love Shaolin Showdown and all the show. Jackie Chan Adventures is one of the greatest cartoons. Don't act like you see. Don't act like you was there waiting patiently every week for the new episodes to drop on Saturday morning. That was not your life. That was mine. No, you caught the end of that. I remember when it dropped. Yeah, this was back when we was in the West End. We had no type steps. It was this tiny behind apartment. Mm, my man. closet now is almost as big as my room that I had in Atlanta when we first started. Like, yeah, I remember Kids WB. Mm. I used to have all the Shaolin Showdown toys. So I had the little claw thing that you swipe and you teleport through. We used to be, before it turned into freaking uh, Fox Kids or whatever it, uh, whatever it was after Kids WB. Well, no, it was Kids. Kid. Yeah, it was four kids. It was Kids WB, then it was four kids. Fox Kids had something. Fox Kids was different. So Fox Kids came on after Kids WB, and that's when you caught Spider Man, X Men, and all those shows. You know what I'm saying? Hey. So like, you know, you you missed the real Peter Parker. That's the one we fuck with. The real Peter Parker. <laughs> oh no, I used to have him on VHS, bro. I'm the done Venom with you. He said, one of my favorites ever. VHS. Bro, you got Smite. What you know about Spider? If you ain't seen the cartoon, what's up? Bro, holla at me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I remember when Spider. Like, I remember it was a huge uh, ordeal when Spider Man crossed over with the X Men cartoon. That shit was yeah. like Batman the animated series. Like, stop it, stop it. Shh. Stop I, it. I wish. I wish I would have seen Batman the Animated Series when it was coming out. It used to be on Jetix, so that's when I used to watch it. <laughs> Fantastic. I I watch it. Fantastic. Frankie said on Facebook, she said, you ain't never beg your mom to hold off the Home Depot trip until after Yu-Gi-Oh came on. Facts, Frankie. <laughs> Facts. Facts. You ain't never like, do we have to go to the store right now? Yu-Gi about to draw that card, man. Give me like five minutes. Yu-Gi about to draw that card. Like, and then, and then he be holding the dual disc and then they cut commercial and be like, oh, like, you, um, you ain't about that life, bro. You ain't about that life. Yo. It's true. So, so now that we've got your, now that we've got your nerd origin story out the way, business. So let's talk. So, um, we're going to get into a couple of things, but business wise. So you started selling hentai and that's when you realized you can make money off art. So now that we have the understanding that sex definitely sells. Uh, so like, you know, what's the, when it comes to, when it comes to you and the, and what got you into fashion in particular? Cause we know you do commissions. Uh- yeah, um, fashion in particular is that a lot of people will buy posters, but a lot of people won't look at those posters. Right. And like right now, I'm looking at your room, so I can see all the fire stuff you got in your room, like the fire posters you have. DC Comics game game. Walk around with a poster, but like if I see somebody rolling around with like a fire like tee or a fire long sleeve, I'll be like, "Yo, where'd you get that?" And then they'll tell me. And so, um, last year like around June or August or something, I dropped the site and I had literally like a hundred things on the site and it was trash because all it was was like posters and there was no through line and there was no like statement to the art or whatever. So it was just bad. And I saw all these other artists that were doing the same thing where they were like, oh, you like my art? I got prints for it. Problem is more people buy clothes than they buy prints, especially black people, especially black people that are in to a niche that want to express that niche without seeming like they're overdoing it. And so the easiest way to do that is in fashion. So you get to have something from every level to a hoodie with the fairy tale emblem on the sleeve to having a full-on 3D, um, 360 circular sublimated um, card captor soccer tee if you want to. And so I decided, yo, there's all these amazing artists 
And there's all this amazing people that would buy their stuff if they knew it existed. Even though some of their nerd memories are tied to this anime, it's actually tied to this culture that they've become a part of. And so is it possible that I can merge these artists and these customers at the same time and through a whole bunch of logistics and a little bit of luck and a whole bunch of like tagging and reposting and mentioning and drawing for free and stuff, I eventually built this website, which gives artists 60% of all profits with all their things sold. Um, we're working with a whole bunch of amazing cosplayers and models now. Art Hard freaking has one of my shirts. And it was the tightest thing in the world when I saw that on my timeline. Like, she posted it, and I was like, yo, that's freaking crazy. Because <laughs> you forget oftentimes that people across the screen are real people. And so when you have something that connects you to them, it's like an intimate, like, really special thing that's freaking amazing. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that site is now built, like, 2400 bucks in sales. It's going up pretty much every day, um, and we're hoping that we'll be able to get one to $500 directly to artists by the end of next month. Right. And that's, and, and you know, I'm really proud of you for that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you went from selling hentai in the seventh grade to actually running your own business. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. shout out to Wesley Snipes, make sure you pay your taxes. But, you know, like that's that's dope. You know what I mean? Like that you're in high school. You know what I mean? You're in high school. You're you're this is your last year of high school. But in the meantime, in between time, you've managed to build something that's becoming what I will call ahead of time a cult classic. I fuck with your shit. You know I fuck with your shit. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, like, our heart, our heart definitely put you on. You know what I'm saying? I, I know the blur view. We're definitely going to put you on. You know what I mean? Like, I love the, I love what you're doing. You know, not a lot of people get shine for their business ventures. You know, and um, I, I really respect the fact that you're a kid coming out the game. You know, you got, you got, you know people who are older than even me in this community trying to figure out what to do with their life. And here you are as a senior in high school, like, fuck it, you know, we gonna grind. And I respect that. I highly respect that. You know, and I love the numbers you're putting out too. You know, I'm, I'm mad proud of you for that, you know, for doing, you know, and not quitting. Cause I know it has to be hard. You know what I'm saying? It can't be easy, right? Like you've had your moments yeah. where you're like. Oh yeah, bro. Freaking last month. Um, I took a trip to Guatemala, which means I like I worked myself all the way up to this mountain. And then in Guatemala, they told us, yo, which means like, if you want to go to Guatemala, you can't take your phone. And so like legit, I was steeping up. I hit like 800 bucks in two days. Like we were going places. I was figuring out Google ads. And they were like, yo, you can't take your phone in Guatemala. And it just crashed. I sold like 60 bucks the next week. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, I didn't have shipping right. So I actually made $900 in sales, but I kept like $17 in it. Only 17? Which, oh, because you bought in Guatemala? Oh, uh, no, because um, I basically had fixed rate shipping, which means I told everybody, pay five bucks because I thought the shipping was $5, my dumb self. And I didn't think shipping depended on where you went. And because this person is from Colombia, um, he had people from all over, and he also has like 50,000 followers. Right. He had people from all over the place ordering stuff, and it was a collab, so he was catching 60% profits of everything he got. So I basically went into debt 
to him because I didn't put my shipping prices right, which basically <laughs> screwed like an entire month's worth or my entire savings up until that point. It screwed me over because I had to pay that hundred, which is like three hundred thousand dollars in Colombian money directly to him. And then freaking PayPal hit me, and they were like, "Yo, why are you sending three thousand bucks to Colombia, y'all? What you need to send all that money to Colombia?" Man, the fact that this that man. Was, the fact that you got three thousand dollars to send, shit. Some of us just trying to, some of us just trying to get, you know, get bills paid. He like, well, I got, I, you know, I guess I give up this three grand, you know, like, damn, like, you know. It was, it was one fifteen in American money, but the Central American got that whole value of the dollar thing now. Yeah. Which is why I'm definitely hitting the Dominican Republic in like a year. But that's the territory there. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Facts. So like, what's yeah. the hardest going for building this business? Um, what like, what was the hardest thing that you've had to face so far in building your business and building your brand? Um, getting people to trust me with their art is a huge thing because as artists, we get screwed over constantly. Like the dude that made the Wu Tang logo got one hundred fifty <clears throat> bucks. Hmm. Yeah, and you don't get no type royalties. Yeah. And he's the dude that also produced the latest Wu Tang album. Wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I feel you on that. Yeah, like, there's a Breakfast Club interview with him. His name is Allah Mathematics. And, like, he wrote the Real Tangy logo, and he's not getting any of those profits. Also, um, artists have been getting their work stolen constantly and put on merchandise because, basically, there's people that are in Pakistan and China and even Nigeria. And what they'll do is they'll take art from the Internet and then they'll blow it up on a print-on-demand site and then ship it out because they understand how advertising works. And so they'll use stolen art in order to generate quick money and then they'll use really long shipping time so that they get maximum returns and then they'll basically scam people out of their money. The, the customer will get a subpar uh, sample of a product and then they'll just shut down their page, their business page, and they'll move on to another one. And they'll just kept, keep flipping and flipping and flipping uh, stolen art, stolen websites and stolen businesses and fake mm. businesses, really. It's kind of like the whole Banana Republic thing. And so my hope was that people would come to me because they know me as an artist and because of the work that I've put out. And from that network, it would grow to the point that strangers or people that I don't know yet would hit me up and ask to either model my work asked to be a collaborator or asked to be an ambassador, which now is finally happening after around eight or nine months of operation, which is really, really, really cool to see. Right. And I think <laughs> hey, this high school is schooling us on uh, how Wish.com works, guys. <laughs> no, but, but, but no, nah, that's, that's good knowledge. I didn't even, you know what? I didn't even know that. So, you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that you were able to like bust out this research, you know what I'm saying? And you say you only been up for eight or nine months. Is that facts? Or... Yeah, I started in, like, last June. Shut I remember you. I was, like, three months away from being my, um... Because, um, my birthday is November 28th. Right. So I started it three months before that. Because I remember I started it on my birthday. Like, I launched the website on my birthday. Um, not on my birthday, but, like, on the date of my birth, like, three months before the website started. So probably, um, yeah, August. Of August of last year, that's when I started my business. Wow. That's in, in, yeah. in nine months. In nine months, you well, created... No this well, yeah i mean technically it's been nine months but basically when when it started that's when i had like a hundred things on my website and nothing was selling because everything was just bad and then uh by researching other people like um by researching other people like the hundreds and other streetwear brands like supreme i started to understand how important community is and then after i started understanding how building a community works then i focused on building a business but it didn't all come to head until i got back from spain in the winter time I took a trip to Spain to do some family stuff. And when I came back, my girlfriend hit me. And she was like, yo, do you know about Adorn by a, by a Cheat? And I was like, nah. And then I saw her site and what she did. 
and my mind just exploded. And I was yep. like, this is the missing piece of the puzzle. Because yep. what she does is like almost the female equivalent to what I was already doing, but at the level of which I needed to do it. So now as, as I'm seeing her model and seeing what she did, I'm trying to figure out how to kind of integrate that into what I would like to do so that I can... Um, effectively learn from her success and learn from some of her pitfalls. I'm going to be vending in QuirkCon, and she's going to be at QuirkCon, so I'm just going to barrage her with a whole bunch of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, shout out to Jackie the Baddie and Adorned by Chi Crew and uh, Black Girls Anime as well for partnering with her. Their latest... Their latest brand was dope. I called my boyfriend Hokage. I would have bought a shirt. I would have bought a shirt, but I I don't I don't have a boyfriend. That's not a thing. So I was like, good job, guys. But no, like, yeah, no, like, adorned by Chi, definitely, definitely senpai. She she really like her line kills, man. Her comic is yes. dope too. Her manga is dope too, but her line kills. You know, and um, she knows how to model it right. She knows how to brand it right. She knows how to advertise it right. I I absolutely love what she's doing, and the fact that you learn from her, like, you know, it's like you really. I I love how you're pulling resources to really bring it home you know and what i love more is that you're humble about it you're not just like bringing all these ideas to the table without paying homage to the people that you got the ideas from and that's the most important mm-hmm. thing you know what i'm saying like like you said a lot of people want a jack you know a lot of people want a swagger jack but you're you know you're one of the more humble people and i know that that's gonna bring you that and the fact that you know what you're doing and you know how to get it done is definitely gonna take you further than most people you know i definitely respect that he's, he's 18 ladies and gentlemen he still has a bedtime <laughs> He still has a bedtime. And this man is making grown man moves. I fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? So, speaking of people stealing stuff, you had a controversial uh, incident happen to you just this week, right? With a rapper. Yeah, that, wa- that wasn't me. That was one of my artists, bro. I was freaking crazy. Okay, there's so what happened? There's an artist called Skaggs. Huh? What ha- Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, there's an artist called Skaggs Hood. He's freaking amazing. He's done work with a whole bunch of different artists. I'm going to call them artists. I'm not going to call them rappers because... What, do they make, I don't know, do they make hip-hop? <laughs> okay, he does a lot of work with rappers. Some of them are actual rappers, some of them are entertainers, some of them are artists. But regardless, he does really dope work. His attention to detail is amazing. His lines are insanely clean. And he's one of the greatest that I've ever seen, not only on the marketing, um, not only on the artistic side, but also on the marketing side as well, especially how he integrates anime and cartoon, which is what our generation is most inspired by, especially the cartoon style that's influenced by anime that came in shows like Shaolin Showdown and Avatar The Next Name, Air, The Last Airbender. And this other show that was unreleased by the people that made The Last Airbender, which I've since forgotten the name of, but it's amazing. And the main character of that looks exactly like Korra from The Legend of Korra. So if mm. you haven't seen that, go Google that. It's called... Um, it's basically an unreleased Nicktoon show. And the only reason that it didn't come out is because it had an allusion to 9-11 because there's, it's like steampunk and there's um, giant zeppelins going all over the place. And at the end, there's a zeppelin and it's crawling toward two buildings. And then there's like a whole fight scene and there's explosions and stuff. And she runs off the zeppelin, jumps off, and basically goes to safety. But the zeppelin goes into the two buildings and blows them up. And that didn't work too well for Nickelodeon, unfortunately. Mm. But, um, yeah, uh, so the artist is freaking amazing. <laughs> and, um, he got scammed by this artist. This artist hit him up. Artist had, like, a million followers. As an artist, your best call-up is to either draw hot girls, draw fan art, or do work for rappers. That's the unfortunate reality of the situation. We're not in a position where we can make our own original content 
and have that propel us to success, unless we're illustrators, um, of, in which case it's more of a networking thing where you basically end up working with other illustrators in order to make good work. A lot of the people that are doing webtoons are doing this illustrator networking model, but all of webtoons comes from one art style, which can be a tad misleading sometimes. Regardless, <clears throat> he um, got hit up by this artist called Hustle Man the Rapper, and he did the work for him. He was really excited because this million-follower person will take you to the next level. Your numbers will go up, which means your prices can also go up, meaning you make more money, and also your star rises in the community, and you'll get more offers to do more commissions. And so he does this commission, he's really happy about it, and then he sends dude a preview of it, not even the entire thing. And when he sends dude the preview, dude takes the preview, uses that as an album cover, and blocks my artist. And so now that artist wow. is stuck with the time that was wasted on his work, and he has no money at all wow. whatsoever. And nobody's doing anything about it, um, which is really jacked up and disheartening, especially as a member of the black art community, uh, because you have people like um, Mike Tony, you have uh, Nicholas Jafariby, you have uh, Brooklyn Tango, who is also freaking amazing. Um, you have all these people who are fantastic and they have these large followings and they don't know about it. And that means that our community isn't as strong as we want it to be. Because if someone does something to cosplayers and it's known about it, it's going to travel relatively fast. Right. Is it? Usually. It depends on the cosplayer. It depends on the cosplayer uh -huh. and who did the offense. Um, okay. But... Because you've talked, you've talked Momo Kun to death and I still don't know what she did. Everybody just knows about it when I hear about it. Oh, nah, Mumu-kun was sexually harassing other cosplayers, and I came for that oh. ass real severe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that was last year's, that was one of last year's uh, top five episodes, first five episodes, but yeah, like, but you know, like, the thing is, like, and the, you know what the problem is, I think, is that because you guys are artists, people expect you to come through for them, but they don't expect, they don't, but it's like, it's like you guys, it's a thankless job, and because it's a thankless job, you go, you guys end up getting thrown under the bus and then pushed under the radar, you know what I mean? Like, I need, con I need, I need your art, you know what I'm saying? As an artist, I expect you to give me the hookup, I expect you to do it for free, because I'm so-and-so and such-and-such, -and -such. I expect you to um do me this favor whatever whatever you know i feel like i feel like we don't i feel like we don't give artists enough uh due credit i really don't um because at the end of the day like everybody's trying to come up and they're going to use you to come up and because you're not you know saying like because you're a somewhat unknown entity because people recognize the art usually before the artists who aren't into art you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, I know that design or I know that, you know, character, but they don't actually associate the artist until like they fully understand, you know, that background. So being in a thankless job, I feel like you guys don't get enough credit because people just expect it, especially in this uh, culture, because in nerd culture, art runs nerd culture. But we don't care who did it as long as it looks good. You know what I mean? And I think that's the problem. That's that's the huge problem. Like. Um, but but that's that's one of the reasons why we're here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is to, is to bring awareness to the fact of the matter. It's like you said earlier, um, and I agree with, and I've been saying it for a long time now, art runs the black culture. Like, our people since Africa have been artistically inclined 
beings. So without art, we don't have, without art and without creative expression, black people don't even have a culture. Um, our whole yeah. culture, even from the, from the, from the masks that we, cre the, the masks that we would whittle out of wood to the dances that we would have, the tribal dances that we would have to the fact that like to the warrior, the warrior paint, the colors of warrior paint used to mean different things. You know what I'm saying? So going all the way back to try, you know, try, you know, tribal, you know, uh, groups all the way up to right now, art has always defined us as a people and as a culture. So without it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like we can't really I, I don't know how we would thrive. I don't know how any culture would thrive, but we definitely mm. need to start giving you guys the better do. Um, uh, she bad cosplay said the expectation of getting screwed over is very real for artists. They think we're desperate and that's a social, uh, societal standard. Yeah, that too. They think you guys need the, the commission. You need the shout out. You need the, you know what I mean? Um, mm. and that's, that's very, that's very sad, especially when a lot of people read manga and comic books. I mean, that's art. Somebody drew that, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. the desperation is not that real. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it, it makes sense within reason because I think every artist that isn't grandfather or every artist that isn't blessed in comes in and comes to fruition, A, by drawing hot girl, B, by drawing, basically by doing free art. Every artist comes to fruition doing free art, be it because they want to do it or because they feel they have to do it to get to a certain point. You look at the relationship between cosplayers and artists, especially on Instagram, and you'll find that oftentimes the artist draws something because the cosplayer either has a large following or because the cosplayer inspires them. And sometimes you'll see a case where a cosplayer draws the character or becomes the character of an artist and that, that relationship becomes symbiotic. Yeah. It doesn't become transactional. And that's when it gets crazy because that means there's a cycle of creativity going on between these two cultures that complement each other. Right. But, but, oftentimes, but oftentimes the problem is, like, if, I don't know, if a cosplayer decides to cosplay your art you know what i mean and they don't shout you out yes there's mm. a relationship between you and the cosplayer but not between the fans that adore the character and the artist that created it originally and that's exactly. and therein lies a problem she bad cosplay also said that people don't understand the art of art um mm. and i and they want they did they they dis art but can't do it themselves i totally agree with that Totally agree. You're right. You're right. There's an amazing, amazing meme. I think all the greatest content right now that is that's coming straight from the subconscious of culture is in memes right now because memes are the most concise way of delivering information. Fact. And so you'll see all these amazing memes. Some of them are trash and they're conspiratorial. Some of them are like Edge Lord rambles about people saying that people are Jesus or like that certain people are still alive or that certain people did things. Like, I saw a meme that said, you know, they didn't know that Native Americans was black. And I'm not going to say if that wasn't, wasn't, wasn't true, given the history of culture and the fact that there's more black people than would be possible according to the transatlantic slave trade, which we can't get into. But um, they said, oh, they said the Native Americans weren't black. And so it says that if you're Lakota, you look like this. But the picture was from the dude from The Warriors, the movie The Warriors, which is... <laughs> <laughs> like the idea was there and then they just screwed themselves because they didn't have any facts behind it but anyway um there was an amazing meme that said 
um, there was a person, there was a client saying, why do you charge $100 for a commission? And then the artist just breaks it down and they say, well, I have been drawing since I was two. These art materials cost this much. Then you have to factor in the amount of time that I'm going to put for your own art and how many revisions I'm going to make because a lot of clients change their minds constantly. Yeah, right. That's that's facts. I feel personally attacked. I feel personally attacked. But that's fine. That's fine. Bro, bro, you good. You want to hear something wild? What? I in the summer of last year, I was hit up by a person with bad English. And any time a person with bad English hits your DMs, you gotta be questionable to make sure it's not a robot or make sure it's not a scam artist. But I was desperate at the time. This was the era when I was sliding in the DMs of a whole bunch of people I shouldn't have been sliding into. And so the image looked enticing, and so I clicked on it. And it was some regular behind dude with a bomb profile pic. And I was like, dang, I've been trapped. But dude said, I want to commission you. So I said, okay, cool. He said, I want, because I had basically done this drawing of someone named Makila J, who is a dancer and a model. And so he said, well, I want you to do a drawing like this. And he sends me that drawing. And I say, okay. I'll do a drawing for you like this. Give me 10 bucks. And so he PayPal'd me 10 bucks and I made it for him. And he said, no, I want you to draw it like this, but with my face. And so I thought he meant to like gender bend him. And so I took some of his facial features and I transposed it onto this body that most definitely wouldn't be with these facial features. <laughs> and so I drew it. That's my second drawing now. And he said, no, it still doesn't look quite right. So then I go in, I scratch it down, I make this giant behind board, and then I just draw it for like hours, then I send it to him, and I'm like, here. And he says, no, I want it to look like this, and he sends me the picture of this model, and then he sends me a picture of his face. And then I say, you want me to draw her with your face as it is right now? And he says, yes. And so... As I was hurting for money right now, I said, okay, cool. 100 bucks, I'll do it for you. He says, okay, I have the money in the PayPal. So I spent literally the entire day, I'm going in, I'm using watercolors and microns, taking brushes I've never even touched before. I gotta get this just right. I'm making sure that the curves is right and that the symmetry is there and stuff. And then I draw this freaking man face on top of this amazing body I've drawn because that's what the dude asked for, he's paying. And so I send it to him and he says, this is perfect and he blocks me. Hmm. Yeah, and so I now have this thing that is just in my room. <laughs> it's, it's still it's still in It's it's just there. It's just in my room for like three months, just looking at me with the face of a Pakistani man in an Atlanta <laughs> stripper body. And I'm like, yo, what am I doing right now? Like, why do why do I still own this? And then two months later, I get a DM from a person, and my DM was dry at the time. So I assume, okay, this must be a person that's in it for the art. The DM says, hey, I make sure it's not a robot, and then I say, screw it. And so I click hello, and they say, this is the person that got that drawing for you. And I said, oh, snap, are you ready to pay now? And then they said, look at the picture of me. And so I click on the profile pic, which is completely different. And the dude is not a dude anymore. <laughs> so wow so i drew his blueprints bro wow 
Well, I, you should yes. put, you should put that on your resume. You design people. I put that on a resume. I put that on a resume. I def, I'd be like, I design people. Like I would definitely put that on the resume. She bad cosplay said she wants to see the picture. You still got the picture? Nah, it's dead. <laughs> he ain't keeping that shit. I'd be creeped the fuck out. <laughs> I tore it up. I was mad. Because <laughs> he, he, I mean, she never paid me for it, y'all. <laughs> I was, I was. <laughs> Design. Yeah, I never got the friends in the truck. You didn't keep so the, I, you didn't keep the before and after pictures? I would have kept the before and after. You bugging. I would have been like, what the fuck? You didn't keep the before and after pictures? No? No. I would have. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so this man drew. Another man's transformation. I'm t- I would yeah. add that to the right. Add that to the resume. Like if you had kept the before and after, and in the picture you drew, you could have literally added that to your resume. Like, no, I design real life people. Like that. Yeah, that that. that. <laughs> Yo, that's an opportunity right there. That's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, I mean, art life is freaking wild. Like, I I drew a whole bunch of. I learned Spanish because there was a cute Puerto Rican girl that, like, lived a couple doors from me. Yep. So I legit taught myself Spanish so Tagos. I could speak to her. And so, and so and so, for the first, like, three months, I was just hooked by that beauty standard. And so when I got Instagram, I would just constantly slide in the DMs of models that followed that beauty standard. And eventually I got really tight with this girl from Spain. And so... <laughs> And so, like, after, like, months of texting, I was like, yo, what do you do? As a ninth grader. As a ninth grader, mind you. I'm like, yo, what do you do? And she says, I make cakes. And I'm like, yo, that's cool. And then she says, but as I have my night job, I'm a stripper. And I'm like, huh, okay. And so she proceeds to just tell me these freaking wild stories. Like, in Europe, they don't have paper money that goes below $5, like 5 euros. Like, they have the 1 euro coin. Yeah, the coins. And on occasion, they'll they'll throw the coins, and so people will become bruised, and the person that has the most bruises <laughs> Where is your mom? Like, where are your parents? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Talking to strippers, drawing people sex changes. Like, where are your parents at? Where you, where, where your mom at, man? Life was freaking wild at the time. Wild? That was like two years ago. You still like wild? Are you Bro, a child? I've never, I've never gone to the same school for more than two years. And so, like, when I hit ninth grade, after living all up and down the East Coast and even living in California for a little bit, I was like, huh, what am I going to do now? And so I basically got all A's in eighth and seventh grade. And I was like a step below valedictorian because this Chinese girl skipped a grade and just jacked it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah. And also I got a C in Spanish because I missed like a whole bunch of days of homework because I was shadowing because I joined this group called A Better Chance, which basically is the X-Men for smart black people. Uh-huh. Where they're like, yo, we like you. We're going to take you from your black community and put you in a white school so you can have a better life. And so oh. <laughs> um, that's where I, yeah, it's dope. I mean, but I ignored a lot of nonsense there. I, like, the first time I got called the N-word was by a German kid over, like, juice boxes and cafeteria. That's what's up. I mean, it would have been if I was in public school, because then I could have socked them without feeling bad. But, like, you can't be doing that to these. Like, what? I threw a college <laughs> paper. 
<laughs> you can't be doing it. What? No, you can't, bro. I, I, I threw a ball of paper at a kid for saying the N-word, and I had meetings with the disciplinarian for two weeks. Have you ever experienced racism uh, when it comes to your art at all? Uh, uh, nah. Actually, yeah. Like, um, I, well, like, well, not racism. I've experienced, like, prejudice. Like, a lot of, uh, some Asian kids have been like, yo, why are you using Japanese? You're not Japanese. Or why are you using Chinese? You're not Chinese. Or why are you using Chinese art? You're not Chinese. But other than that, no, not really. And so, like, when it comes to when it comes to other cultures, are other cultures pretty outside of us? Are other cultures pretty accepting of your art outside of those isolated instances, or is that a, a reoccurring thing? Um, yeah, other cultures are accepting of it. Sometimes I'll have issues where, like, I'll do a whole bunch of research on something before I use something. So, like, right now I have in my room a picture of Huey Freeman from the Boondocks. Can you see it? There we go. It's Huey Freeman burning a Confederate flag. And then over him is like uh, protesters behind him, and that was taken during like the first, like that was drawn during the Ferguson riots and stuff. Right. And um, <clears throat> I've experienced like backlash for that, like for more political art. I didn't do that one, but I did something similar to it, and I saw that, and so I bought it. But um, I've experienced backlash on some political stuff, but not not in terms of art, because I don't go out of my way to make black versions of anime characters unless I really feel like it. Whereas some other artists will like. That might be all that they do. Right. That's a part of the like hot girls or fan art. <clears throat> and so, do when it comes to your characters, you have spe- specific characters that you continuously draw, like that are your own as part of your own fashion universe, or do you just draw whatever comes to mind? Um. Yeah, I have. Well, yeah, I have OCs or original characters. The primary one is Papa, who's like this kid with white eyes, and he has like crimson, spiky, nappy hair. And then there's a kid, uh, and he's basically like a child soldier. I wrote him because I got really obsessed with, like, African child soldiers, and then I learned about the conflict in the Caribbean. And so I made him Caribbean instead of African, one, so I wouldn't be appropriating another culture, and two, because I took a trip to the Bahamas, where my pet family is from, and learned about um, a lot of the violence that was going on uh, in Jamaica um, with Bob Marley and how a lot of people, especially young people, were killing other young people and dying um, over drugs, basically because of those those three letters, which I'm not going to say because I care about living. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But uh, so there's Paco, who's like the child soldier, but he's happy, and basically I wrote the story so that he would be this like cold killer, like Killua from the Hunter Hunter, uh-huh. and how he would transform into like a happier like Kenichi version uh, using martial arts. So he goes from using a gun to eventually being secure enough in himself and in his martial arts to being able to use his hands and his feet effectively um, as a fighter. So that was like one of them. And then there's like Nzinga, who's this um, black and Japanese girl that I have that a lot of people like for some reason. People really like little girls with Afro pus when you draw them. I don't know why. And uh, there's Zig, who's the protagonist of my comic that's coming out probably by the end of the month if I start procrastinating. And it's like this cyberpunk story that's um, become very heavily influenced by Battle Angel Alita since I started reading it last month. Because right. uh, when I was in Spain, I took like six, I took all seven Battle Angel uh, Alita things with me. And I took one to Spain and then I brought it to Guatemala with me. And so like in between reading or in between um, converting my mind back from Spanish into English, I would like read those books and they help a lot. And the art is freaking amazing. And so on your with your manga, so like who's are you writing and are you writing and drawing it? Like how are you? Just- yeah, I'm writing and drawing it. It's for a, it's a senior project. So like I basically 
skipped two classes. And so um, my school is having me draw a comic to make up for one class instead. They're allowing me to draw two classes and write my manga instead. Right. So, like, is the school going to distribute it or, like, how are you going to get that out? Because I'd love to read that. Um, I might put it on Webtoons. I might make, like, five or ten, like, limited copies. Because as it's a school product, product I didn't want to go ham because I'm very selective when I care about my work. Right. And so I didn't want to be in a position where I would be drawing the same page for a month and that would just knock me completely off schedule. Yeah. But, yeah, it should be uh, a rudimentary version of it should be dropping. Uh, within by the end of May, most definitely. So is Blurb you going to get a hard copy or what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, what? I need an in hand no, autograph no. copy. Like, what do you mean right now? Okay, freaking Blurb you is getting a free copy. Black Sands Entertainment is getting a free copy. Brooklyn Tango is getting a free copy. And Monarchs Comic is getting a free copy. Oh, Bad. and Getting Animated is getting the first copy. Bad. Anybody else, y'all paying the five ninety nine like anybody else. And trust me, it's not as much as Black Sands Comics, so you okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bought all of his, uh, I bought all the Black, shout out to Black Sands Comics, I bought all his shit. Um, that's dope. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. Like, And that's good that you, like, and I was, you know, like, you break it into comic book, it makes perfect sense, you know what I'm saying? Like, you already have you already have the and then you can advertise your comics through your website as well on the graphic tees you know what i'm saying like black sands is doing that as well adorned by cheat you know what i mean it's it's a good way to get it's a good way to get your characters out there you know what i mean especially with a limited edition book <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah yeah like that's like that's, I mean, that's some wu-tang clan shit like let me drop one album for a million dollars <laughs> I mean, some people call some people do limited edition because they don't want more than a, more than a little bit of people to get it, or because they want to bring value. I'm doing limited edition because I don't know how many I'm going to sell. Right. And I'm not trying to have an inventory of fifty of my own books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's facts. That's facts. Now, what's gonna happen is people are gonna demand these books, and you're gonna be looking like, damn, I guess I gotta start drawing again. <laughs> but it's all, hey, work, hey, work the angles, man. It's all good. It's all good. And so, yeah. What do you so when it comes to your fashion design, your fashion line? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? How far do you want to push this? I want to go the Uniqlo route. If you know what Uniqlo is, it's basically I got put onto them because they did this collaboration with Shonen Jump and they pushed it heavy. Right. And so Uniqlo, which I didn't know about, is this clothing manufacturer. And the problem with everything Japanese when you're a, when you're a nerd is that, or anything really nerd-related, period, is that the dopest nerd art, especially in fashion, is always done by people that aren't in-house. And so you're basically paying bootleggers for better stuff than the actual company has. And so when you look at um, um, Primitive, their collaboration with Dragon Ball Z, when you look at Uniqlo, their collaboration with Naruto, you look at Vans, their collaboration with Shonen Jump, you're seeing how you can get high-quality authentic things from Japan, from the actual web, um, websites or from the actual companies that are licensed to American or even European companies like Uniqlo. So um, what Uniqlo does, they have their main stuff, which is like, they sell like down coats and stuff. But then they'll also have this separate tab, which is my favorite one, and they'll collaborate with amazing artists like um, Shonen Jump. So I have a shirt that that's like the first Naruto, like the first volume of Shonen Jump that has Naruto on the cover of it. It's Naruto. He's doing the thumbs up and it has the little swirl inside the thumb up. And it's all in Japanese. The whole thing is in Japanese. And then there's another one that has um, Ichigo from Bleach. There's another one that has Goku. And then they'll do a collaboration with Shonen Jump, but they'll also do one with Cause, 
who's like this amazing European artist that basically did the um, 808s and Heartbreaks cover for Kanye West with hmm. like the little X's love pulling the balloon. And they did another collaboration with even Sesame Street. And what they're doing is they're taking the cultural currency of art and they're putting that into the streetwear space for an affordable price. And that's ultimately what I like, love, what I like to do. So this, these collabs that I'm doing now <clears throat> are the preliminary run for that so that I'll be able to reach out to artists like uh, Nicholas Draparami, like um, Brooklyn Tango, like the Garden Samurai, who's like my bro, like he's freaking dope. Artists like Tokyo McFly, who've already allowed me to work with him. Artists like Super Mega Dope, who's already allowed me to work with him. And to basically give them their own collections so that they can get paid from limited runs of things. Because what a lot of people don't realize when they want to sell things is that people don't know what they want. And so if you give them a whole bunch of options, they're more likely to look at four of them and say, yo, this is way too much stuff, I'm out. Like, um, in the first uh, three months, um, three weeks of the year, our average, um, our average time that people would spend on the website was like 10 seconds. Right. They'd see it, they'd say, oh, this is dope, and then they just go down. Right. Yeah, and so to get that longer, you either snap their attention right now, which is why I have the featured product always on the top right now. Do you know Get In The Robot? No, uh-uh. Get In The Robot? Okay, so you know video essays, right? Right. Get In The Robot does anime video essays from the lens of black and brown culture. Oh, okay. Or nerd culture. Yeah, so it's like millennial nerd culture, but it's the, the production value is amazing. They're, I think they're under Channel Federator, which is from a whole bunch of really popular nerd YouTube um, YouTube pages. And then there's this dude, Yudoye Travis, who has like this... Be- he looks like a slightly African childish Gambino, and he is actually <laughs> African, so I guess that makes sense. And, um, and yeah, he does these amazing... He did this analysis with the link between Dragon Ball Z and black culture, which right. is my favorite video that I've seen ever. And if you go on my page, he's actually wearing like one of our shirts, like the melanin shirt, which is doing amazingly, surprisingly. Um, so yeah, um, the goal is to do um, large collaborations and with those large collaborations to pick maybe five or 10 artists that we can basically put on with our website and use our website as the platform. Excellent. Fucking excellent. Like, like I said, <laughs> man, like, nah, man, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing. I think it's dope. I think it's amazing. You know, Blurred View definitely can't wait to work with you. I definitely can't wait to um, uh, push that product. I'm for real, man. Like, I, I you know, like, I, I, I believe in you, for real. Like, dead ass, I believe in you. Like, it's dope to see, you know, it's like I said, you, you're graduating in May, but, like, you know what I'm saying, you've been hustling since, you know, before that. And you're doing, you know, you're doing adult shit that adults dream of doing and, like, decide that this, they're just not going to for whatever reason. You said, fuck it. And, I mean, you know... I mean, outside of you needing to clean your room, you really got your shit together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we saw that dirty ass room when you panned that. <laughs> no, but you know, like you really got your shit together. And I'm proud of you, man. And, and like I going forward, man. Like I definitely look forward to uh, fucking with you heavy, heavy going forward. That's facts, man. That's facts. Um, but yo, we gonna bounce. We gonna bounce. We done hit time. But yo. It's been an honor and a privilege. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is 18 years old, senior in high school, making money moves. Hashtag Cardi B. Hashtag no Tatiana. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> this is Jonathan D'Angelo, a.k.a. Johnny D. Lee Giasso. Thank you guys for tuning in. Giasso. Giasso, my brother. That's what I'm saying. What am I saying? Ju. Ju- 
Juasso. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Juasso. That's what I'm saying. No, brother, you have to put the accent on it. <laughs> I'm not from Africa, I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> I'm not from the island, I'm from Atlanta. You gotta put the ass now, you know what I mean? Juasso. Juasso, that's what I'm Yo, saying. Hey, Juasso, it's been freaking amazing being on the blurb view, and I really appreciate you. I will fight this little kid. Bro, that means a whole lot to me. <laughs> Yo, we're gonna catch you on the next one, you know what I mean? Peace, it's Lee Juasso signing out. Johnny D'Angelo, you How you gonna do my outro for me? How you gonna do my outro for me? It's my outro. It's my outro. You, hey, let me have my outro. <laughs> All right, you know what I'm saying? Let, let me have my, it's my, hey, all right? It's my outro, it's my show. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, but thank you for coming on to the Blurred Views year, uh, year anniversary episode. It's what I was going to say. Why you trying to take my whole outro? You know what I'm saying? Ninja Senpai, Ninja Senpai, the building sitting in the wow uh, emoji. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but yes, this is the Blurred Views first uh, anniversary episode featuring a young black entrepreneur and i was so proud to host it lee juasso hey. <laughs> i've been saying that <laughs> jonathan d'angelo aka johnny d you are tuned into the blur view you guys have a good night we are out of here Peace. go clean your room <laughs> <laughs> most definitely <laughs>